0: Welcome to Strictly Anime, a podcast for anime reviews and discussions by casuals for casuals. My name is Courtney, and I am coming to you solo for this episode 34 because we're reviewing Hody Mia, and Carl hasn't seen this anime. As always, there'll be spoilers throughout this episode, so you've been warned. Hody Mia is such a fucking wholesome anime. I loved it. I loved everything about it. Um, and this anime was originally recommended to me by my friend KG. So thank you so much, KG, for the recommendation. Um, he originally read the manga, and when I shared a post about Hori Mia um, getting green greenlit green lighted for an anime, um, he followed up with me saying that it's definitely worth the watch. So. Thanks again, KG. I appreciate that because that was such a wholesome story, such a wonderful watch. Just everything about it was like all warm and fuzzies. Um, So I'll jump right into it with the synopsis, which I'm pulling off of my anime list. As some of you may know, um, if you've been listening to us long enough, anytime I do a solo episode for the podcast, I don't have the fancy synopses that Carl usually has because he's much better at coming up with those than I am. So I'm going to read it straight off of my anime list. On the surface, the thought of Kyoko Hori and Izumi Miyamura getting along will be the last thing in people's minds. After all, Hori is the perfect combination of beauty and brains, while Miyamura appears meek and distant to his fellow classmates. However, a fateful meeting between the two lays both of their hidden selves bare. Even though though she is popular at school, Hori has little time to socialize with her friends due to housework. On the other hand, Miyamura lives under the noses of his peers, his body bearing secret tattoos and piercings that make him look like a gentle delinquent. Having opposite personalities yet sharing odd similarities, the two quickly become friends and often spend time together in Hori's home. As they both emerge from their shells, they share with each other a side of themselves concealed from the outside world. I love this concept. Um, it's kind of like Hori with the glow down and Miyamura with the glow up when they're outside of school. And I, I love any any sort of... Um, Polar opposite dynamics when we talk about relationships between two characters, and it doesn't have to just be a romance, but um, any any you know character dynamic that really puts two unlikely people together, I find fascinating and I love to watch. So first off, let's talk about the opening and the ending. Um, the OP is chill as fuck. It's just a good fit for this show um and i love both the song and the visuals the song is so good it's on my spotify playlist i listen to it all the time it's kind of i don't know how to describe it kind of different or unexpected for um, this type of romance anime, usually you've got something that's a little more bubbly um, or a little more dramatic, but this one is just honestly super, super chill. And I, again, I think it's a good match for the show because the show, as I'll talk about in a little bit, is not super, super bubbly or not super over dramatic or anything like that. Um, the visuals themselves too are, are very cool. I love the use of colors and the boxes or like the square concept um, and how they kind of infuse the credits as some of the boxes are moving around on screen. I thought that was very well done. On the flip side, we have the um, ED, which I was less enthusiastic about. I kind of found the song to be mediocre. Um, it's it's fine. You know, It's it's kind of that slow ending for the show, but... I just wasn't really engulfed in the music. Um, and the CGI visuals, it was cute. It kind of reminded me of like one of those Flash games that you play. I can't remember what it's called. Hotel something. Habo Hotel. I think now it's just called Habo. I had to look that one up really quick. But it reminds me of Haba Hotel if anyone played that back in the day. So it was nice to watch. But again, it, it wasn't really anything that stood out to me. Um, I, I kind of felt like a, it was the whole ED in general was a hard pass for me. It took a few episodes for me to be convinced by the romance between Hori and Miyamura, but um, I think overall it it takes a while to build up a relationship, so ultimately it did make sense that I needed time to feel the love, you know, between Hori and Miyamura because the characters needed time to feel the love. And I love that Hori is the one that has feelings for Miyamura. I figured the story would make him the one to have feelings first and kind of chase after her because she's the popular attractive one. Um, but I they, they kind of surprised me with this. They they flipped the script. They went with a, a a direction that's not as common in slice of life romance anime, at least compared to the ones that I've seen. And I, I appreciated that because it made her feel more relatable, more realistic. Um, she's not someone who is just kind of up on this pedestal. She's a very good person, a very kind person who can see past, you know, the superficial you know, outward appearance of somebody and see what's what's on the inside and what makes them good. One thing in particular that I found really interesting about this show and... I think kind of drove home the point that this is just a fucking wholesome anime was that I was always waiting for some real conflict, some like real drama, but it never happened. Um, For example, that fight early on between Miyamura and Toru seemed like it was going to be some like real major drama, but then ended up being very lighthearted where they kind of like beat each other up and then they just looked stupid at school so i realized by that point that this show is a simple light take on a relationship and at first it bothered me that there was no real conflict but as i kept watching i realized how refreshing it was i watch a lot of slice of life romance anime we don't always talk about them here on the strictly anime podcast but in my own time i do watch a lot because i'm a sucker for love stories and there's always some some crazy drama. There's always something wild happening in these stories. And they're usually like somewhat unbelievable, um, things that wouldn't necessarily happen in real life. But you're watching an anime, you kind of suspend your disbelief and you just kind of take it for what it is and enjoy the ride. So I think that's why I was just constantly anticipating something big to happen, something major, you know, to to go down between a couple of the characters and that that conflict would kind of carry throughout the overall story. Um, But again, it's just a purely wholesome romance anime. It knows what it is and it doesn't try to be anything that it's not by infusing some of that crazy drama like, again, most other slice of life romance anime. So it was just great to watch a nice love story without too many you know, like over the top emotions or moments. I mean, there's not even really an antagonist in the story when you think about it. I think for a moment, the girl with the pigtails, I cannot remember her name. Um, Let me look this up really quick. Remy. Her name is Remy. Um, So when Remy was first introduced, she seemed like she could potentially be the antagonist for Hori because she made it seem like she was interested in Miyamura. But that was quickly squashed and she just became a regular member of of the group of friends. So again, I don't even feel like there's truly an antagonist in the story. That's how like sweet and simple it is. Um, And when there was conflict, it was pretty low key. Some moments were kind of a stark reminder that I'm not in high school anymore. For example, uh, the only conflict that happens in episode two is the student council assuming that Hori forgot to turn in the budget sheet and they make it such a big deal. But like it's really not. (laughs) Like it's really not a big deal. Maybe for somebody in high school it is, but for someone who's not in high school anymore, you look at that and you're kind of like, it's gonna be okay. It's not a big fucking deal. But those are the moments that can sometimes take me out of this story and out of Slice of Life anime in general when it's focused on, you know, high school, because it's not relatable to me anymore. But on, on the flip side, I get it. The audience that they're catering to, I think in this case, is high school students. Um, but it does kind of make me wish that there were more romance stories that were focused on people who were outside of high school or even outside of college and into the real world. I will say though, it's so nice that there's an anime like this that explores the actual relationship early on, rather than spending the entire show with the two main characters trying to get together. Um, And then when they finally get together, the show ends, so you never really see what happens afterwards. This anime truly is more about exploring the actual relationship um, than exploring the the romance and kind of the the courting that happens in the beginning. So it really was just incredibly satisfying. It was also so nice to watch Hori and Miyamura's relationship develop from beginning to end. Um, it's not often that we get an anime where two characters confess their feelings and actually get together so that we can see them kind of navigate those hurdles that come with being in a relationship versus struggling to, you know, confess and having like a harem or a love triangle that they have to deal with as well. I definitely want more of this story because I'd love to see how their relationship continues to grow as they graduate and as they enter the real world. Um, And, you know, when they get married in the future, it'd be so fun to kind of see how they navigate, you know, marriage early on. So I'm all for more horimiya content. There were also so many sweet moments in the show, from holding hands to the first kiss to even like missing someone so much when they're gone. And I felt all of it. Again, because it wasn't presented in some like over dramatic way, it made these moments feel extremely relatable. I know what it's like to miss someone so much when they're gone. And I've got those feelings, or I got those feelings rather, watching. Hori cope with not having Miyamura around when he was on his family vacation, and her pure joy when he finally comes home. Even the confession scene was so simple, but well done, where Miyamura just comes out and confesses to Hori while she's sick in bed. Um, it it was very, very unexpected, but um, just super simple and sweet and I keep using these these words over and over again to describe the different aspects of the show but it really is because this is such a simple and sweet story and so I think it made perfect sense that you know Hori is in this very vulnerable place she's you know dealing with I don't know I don't know if Miyamoto really realizes it but she's dealing with you know kind of those those flashbacks those feelings of when she was sick as a kid and didn't have her parents to take care of her Um, and her having to really just be on her own, even though she did want her mother to stay with her. And she just kind of collapses to the floor, and Miyamoto's there to take care of her, and he's not going to leave her side no matter what. And I think at that moment, he just realizes there's no place he would rather be than with her and be the one to support her and carry her through anything that she's struggling with. So he just comes out and says it. He just says, I love you. And the best part is, even though he thinks maybe that she's sleeping and she's not going to hear it, She's very much awake and kind of panics after the fact. So I thought that was really cute too because it's a one-sided confession for a relationship that is very much, you know, mutual, very much two-sided. And she now has to figure out, okay, how do I reciprocate these feelings? How do I say it back to him? And she's not – I think overall Hori is not a very um, expressive person. So she is when she's like mad about something because she's got – not like anger issues, but she she can sometimes be a tsundere and she also does not hold back when she kind of uh, wants Miyamura to be mean to her in kind of like a sexual way. <laughs> but when it comes to like real, you know, emotion and everything, she always kinda of struggles to to say something and, and be open and honest with him. So to kind of put her in this position where she now has this confession has to figure out how to tell him the same thing back was really fun. And it took Hori a while to kind of say it back. Um, But before she does get to that point, I think she's really been conveying her feelings for Miyamura through her actions, which again, that's very in line with her character. She's not vocal about her emotions. She's more, um, she does things through her actions. So I love that the show doesn't follow that normal slice of life romance formula. Instead here, we get an odd out of the blue confession Later on, we get no official, you know, Miyamoto asking Hori out. And then they're just together suddenly when um, Hori has to answer her dad's question when they're all hanging out at her house. And then there's a love triangle that doesn't spark some crazy drama when Toru's kind of um, introduced early on in the show. Um, and while Toru is sad about not being the one that you know, Hori wants to be with, he respects Miyamoto and his feelings for Hori and, you know, also wants to maintain a relationship with her, so he steps back and lets them do their thing. It's really just all the best parts of a romance with, again, not having any of that over-the-top drama, and it's just so refreshing to watch something like that. I adored all the cute, awkward scenes between Hori and Miyamura, and there were plenty of them in the show. Um, like, for example, when Hori asked Miyamura why he never makes moves on her, she was super awkward in that moment, and he didn't really know how to respond, um, and it just... It's just great because those things aren't super easy to, to talk about or to ask, you know, those types of questions. And it's just very realistic in all of their interactions. Um, and the scene where they sleep together was lovely. It was as expected of the show, so sweet and wholesome, followed by a hilarious after scene um, where they kind of talk about the bite mark. I was not expecting that, but I thought that was a great kind of addition um, on the end of that. And I know that because I was reading some of the, the comments on Reddit after that episode came out, and I think people were really worried that they wouldn't add that scene in from the manga. And I haven't read the manga, but this is just what people were talking about. And people were very happy that they did that. They were worried that it would take away from the wholesomeness of the overall story by keeping it in. But the, the, you know, the show writers or whoever you know, keeping it in actually enhanced, it helped to enhance the overall relationship. And really, it was done so tastefully and without even seeing anything, it was a super important moment in the story and, of course, for their relationship. It didn't need to be overly suggestive or really show anything at all. It was a beautiful moment between the two of them shown in a very beautiful way. So as an anime-only person, I am very appreciative that they, they kept that in there because it just took their relationship to the next level. It's a level of trust that you have to have, um, to reach that point in a relationship. So it was great to see that. And the moment that happened right after that with Sota was really, really cute. um, with Miyamura saying that he's his big brother and that Hori will always be his big sister, but then he asked Sota if he can have Kyoko. And I just, I died at that part. I thought that it was such a great, um, a great way for Miyamura to handle that that moment with Sota and a great choice for his relationship with Sota saying your sister's never going away I'm never going to take her from you but you know I'd love to have Kyoko as part of my life and the fact that she hears that too um I think is really nice because she's got a little a little sweet happy smile on her face afterwards with that said the only thing that kind of weirds me out is the thought of whether Sota asked Miyamoto that question um or felt sad about you know his big sister being taken away because he knew they slept together or did something like you know naughty because that would be just weird part of me was like why would Sota ask that question out of the blue they've been Hori and Miyamura have been a thing for a while now but why in this moment after they did what they did did Sota feel the need to ask that and kind of get overly emotional so I'm like if he knew what they did that's super super weird because one he's a kid and you know he's too young in my opinion to know of those things um and two he's Hori's brother so it's just kind of like nasty if, if he knew what was going on and kind of was like thinking about it um so yeah I like to think that maybe for some reason sota you know, just got worried out of the blue about his relationship with Hori and his relationship with Miyamura and decided to ask that completely separate from what the two of them actually did in her bedroom earlier that night or, you know, a night fairly recently. One of the major themes in this show is accepting of oneself and having self-confidence and that mostly circulated around or centered around Miyamura and his backstory and pretty much a story throughout the show. We get a lot of glimpses into Miyamura's, you know, his his backstory, um, his past and his difficulties fitting in and being accepted in school. Um, we also get a glimpse of Hori's backstory, um, as I mentioned earlier, that her dad wasn't always around for some reason and that her mom couldn't always be there for her because of work. So she was forced to grow up quickly. Um, and by the way, l- let me just say a side note. I love that Hori's dad, Kiyosuke, is also Jotaro, because it's the same voice actor. Um, and it's just so funny because that, that voice actor, Daisuke Ono, always does very brooding, very um, like intense characters. And here he's voice acting as Kyosuke, who is very much not that way. Um, He's super goofy and very um, expressive. So it was just so funny to hear that voice actor, to hear Daisuke Ono in that type of role. And he did a great job, so I enjoyed it. Also, I thought that Kiyosuke was a deadbeat dad at first because of this flashback that Hori has when she's sick that her dad wasn't around and the fact that he just kind of shows up out of nowhere and she doesn't exactly provide him a warm welcome. So I was like, man, he must suck. He must be a deadbeat dad. But you learn really quickly that he's um, he's a good dad and that he's you know very much a part of this family and that he's obsessed with Miyamura and wants him to be a part of their family too. But going back again to this theme of accepting oneself, um, Miyamura is really the the driving force behind this theme. But then later in the show, he cuts his hair because he's tired of people thinking that he's some sort of like emo, weirdo, otaku. And then suddenly people and all of the girls give him tons of attention because they love his new haircut. They can see his piercings. He's not wearing glasses anymore. Um, And honestly, I liked him better so I liked him better visually with short hair, um, but at the same time, him cutting his hair kind of ruined the point of Miyamura in my eyes. Um, it's kind of like how he tells Kyosuke that he likes Hori because she doesn't care what he looks like. Um, like, yeah, she accepts him with long or short hair, but it almost felt like he gave into peer pressure um, rather than wanting to stay true to himself. On the flip side, though, I do get that it signals a major jump in his character development and him kind of coming out of his shell now that he's with Hori and feels valued and loved. But I don't know, something about it just kind of felt off. Like, you know, they, they really pushed this whole idea of like Miyamura should just accept himself. He should be comfortable with who he is because Hori loves him no matter what. And then he goes and cuts his hair and just becomes a normal person quote-unquote even though inside he's still fighting with these demons still dealing with the the struggles that he's had in the past of being accepted and being confident in himself so it didn't quite hit home for me um but it still made sense to me and i think in that same episode where he cuts his hair um he also randomly kisses hori while taking her candy while shindo was in the room with them and i'm like damn okay like this also shows his sudden you know, increase in his level of confidence since being with Hori. So I thought that was a nice add-on to that episode. But again, I, I think the whole the whole concept of him cutting his hair cut, would have been I, I think need to be like flushed out a little bit more for it to be super convincing for me. And finally, I wanted to talk about the last two episodes in particular. Normally, I don't do an episodic breakdown when I'm talking about an anime by myself, but the last two episodes were so good. I just have to talk about them. I just have a couple of quick thoughts that I wanted to share because um, this is, you know, a single story that happens in 13 episodes, but it's a lot of content to cover, I think, um, from what I understand about the manga and how long that's been going. So episode 12, the second to last episode, um, to me was a great episode that shows all of the couples that we have in this show. Um, I wasn't super convinced by Toru and the blonde chick whose name escapes me because I'm so bad with names, um, Yuki. So with Toru and Yuki. But after seeing this episode, I definitely got on board with this ship. Because originally I wanted Toru to end up with um, the green haired girl. What is her name? Let me look this up. Her name is Sakura. Thank God for my anime list and the list of characters because I'm so bad with names and titles. But um, I originally wanted Toto to end up with Sakura because she's the one who initially had feelings for him um, and her feelings were very, very sweet and you know, she didn't even really need to know too much about him to appreciate him as a person at least in the beginning. Um, but he does end up with, with Yuki um, in the show. And I, I think he ends up with Yuki. I can't remember if they officially started dating or if they were just still kind of in a romantic phase. But either way, after episode 12, I really got on board with it and I saw the genuine love between the two of them. In the same episode, I think this is the Christmas episode, so it was super refreshing and somewhat bittersweet to see um, that Miyamura couldn't spend Christmas with Hori's family because he's always over there, always spending time with them. It kind of breaks from the 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 tropiness of it or the expectedness a bit because we have to see them deal with the fact that it just Doesn't work out like this time around for this important holiday. It just doesn't work out that Miyamura, you know, can be with Hori and her family for Christmas. Um, So it's fun to kind of see them handle that, and the fact that they're comfortable enough in their relationship to be okay with it was a major sign, especially at this late stage in the show. However, um, later on in the evening on Christmas, I think Miyamura meets up with Hori, and um, they're walking in the alleyway or down the down the street together, and he proposes to her. And I was like not expecting that at all, but I absolutely loved it. Um, And I thought it was a great spot to place this in because this is like the end of the show, the end of the story. But here we get that confirmation that, yes, they do want to be together forever. Um, I did somewhat wish that he went to go comfort Hori because she was, you know, expressing doubt over whether they would stay together after graduation. So it would have been nice for him to go up to her and give her a hug or just give her more of that comfort. So it did seem a little bit out of character for him to propose and then run away but and not comfort her, you know, before that. But it is what it is, that's the way it all unfolded. Um, and that post credit scene in this episode too for New Year's was, was great, um, with them confirming with each other that they'll stay together forever. That made me feel a little bit better about the previous scene where he proposes and runs away. <laughs> so I was like, okay, at least they're on the same page, at least Hori knows that she has nothing to worry about, and at least they're gonna be together forever. And then there's the final episode, episode 13. And I just thought overall, this episode was a perfect ending to a truly wholesome anime. I love how in love and comfortable Hori and Miyamura are with each other. It's very, very genuine. And as an audience member, I can feel that without a doubt. I also loved the reflection that Miyamura had throughout this episode on how things could have turned out if he hadn't happened to help Sota that one day when he fell and hurt himself and how he imagines it wouldn't only have changed things for him, but for everyone. I think they call that the butterfly effect when one change can, one change in the past can have this like huge effect on the future. It was really cool to have him have that moment of reflection on, you know, what if, what what would have changed had that fateful day not not happened the way it did. Um, and also for him to then look at that with how things actually happened in, in reality, quote unquote, and the fact that, you know, that led to him meeting Hori, them getting together and him finding love and value and acceptance, um, him becoming more confident in himself, um, Hori, you know, having somebody that she can rely on, all their friends getting together, everyone being happy and like, you know, perfect group of high schoolers, et cetera, et cetera. So it's, yeah, I really appreciated that. I'm, I'm glad that they added that in to the, the final episode. I also really liked Miyamoto's self-reflection with him speaking to his former selves, remembering how shy and reserved he was and how he lacked confidence that anything good would ever happen to him. It was heartbreaking, but also great for him to be able to overcome all of that anxiety and all those demons that he had been struggling with this entire show saying, you know, this is my new reality and I've done it. I Things did get better for me. They will get better for you, past self. You just have to believe. You just have to hold on. And it's all thanks to one girl, Hoodie, that his reality was shattered and his life became infinitely better with, again, finding love, finding a second family, finding friends, finding himself, finding acceptance. Um, And, yeah, I think this was a, a great move um, in terms of the, the writers adding this in because it brought his story – to a nice, um, a nice close. I brought it full circle, and then tied it in a nice bow. And then we have the end monologue, and I just felt all of the feels listening to Miyamura gush over Hori and recalling everything that she's done for him and how she's helped him both directly and indirectly, and how he asks what he can do for her, and then at the end he sees her smile and understands that he in turn makes her just as happy through the things that he does for her. And it was kind of, p- part of me at first was like a little bit sad because when he's asking, you know, what can I do for you? I'm like, Miyamura, you've done a lot for her. But the fact that he he still doesn't recognize that was odd given all of the reflection that he had, you know, earlier on in this episode. Like I figured he would be able to say, you know, and I've done all these things for you. And now, you know, we're able to to be together and appreciate each other. But I guess it's still somewhat in his character to say, like, what can I do for you? He, he always kind of puts her on a pedestal. Um, and no matter what she does or says, he always kind of sees her as, like, better than him or above him. Um, I think it'll just take time for him to feel like he's at the same level as her. So I think this is just kind of continuing that that thought process that he has. But this is just another thing that makes me really want to have more content for Horimiya, even if it's, like, just an OVA. So I can see them continue to develop their relationship because it's not a perfect relationship we're ending this story with a, um, a relationship that is true it's genuine there's definitely love there but it's not perfect yet they're still growing they're still learning about each other yeah, overall, I thought it was a fantastic way to end this story. Um, And it just made me so sad that it's over. It's only 13 episodes. And to that point, I feel like this story could have benefited from a couple more episodes. If it was a full like 24 to 26 episodes, that would be fantastic because I I would have loved to have seen more from the show. But there were some episodes that had odd pacing, I guess. Um, And I, I think it's because they were trying to pack an entire manga into 13 episodes. Um, I would say overall everything moved at a nice pace, but there were some episodes towards the end, I think right around like episodes like nine or 10, 11, um, where I kind of just left the f- episode thinking, what was that? <laughs> like everything was so all over the place. So there is a downside to, you know, trying to put so much content into so few episodes. Um, and I honestly was not expecting the the entire show to end so quickly. When I saw episode 13, I jumped on Reddit. I was like, okay, let me, let me see what people are saying about it. And then everyone was like, Goodbye, Horimia. Thank you for a wonderful, wonderful ride. And I was like, wait, what? That's it? That's literally the entire story. Cause I thought, you know, maybe they'd go down the route of like, oh, read the manga if you want to see more, or possibly get a season two. Um, but this really was the story in its entirety. So I definitely wasn't expecting that. But I think again, the way they ended it made it feel okay for me. I was like, they gave it a good, good show. They gave it a good ending. Again. Pacing was odd at certain spots, but overall I think they they really nailed it and did the story justice. Not that I read the manga and I knew kind of what to expect, but it feels like they did it justice. (laughs) So yeah, those are my thoughts on Horimiya. I'd say overall it is a great, wholesome, wonderful watch. It's a fantastic anime for anyone who appreciates a good love story and enjoys a lot of fluff and doesn't necessarily need all of the drama to be engulfed in the story and the characters. And it's also a great palate cleanser, which I discovered while watching this and Attack on Titan at the same time. So when you need an escape, um, when you need to, to get away from a lot of emotion, drama, violence, etc., this is the perfect anime to turn to. And again, I, I hope that there is is an OVA or additional content um, because I I feel like there's so much more to explore in this relationship. It ended at a good place. You know, they're graduating. They confirmed they want to get married and be with each other forever. But I also feel like I could have more. I I could definitely have more um, and really enjoy more from the show. So we'll see. We'll see if more comes out. We'll see if there's ever kind of a follow-up. Um, that, you know, confirms what happens after graduation, you know, if they get married, when they get married, um, and what happens after that. But if not, I will just have my head canon and I will just appreciate this show for what it is. So thank you, Horimia, for this beautiful ride and making me feel the love throughout this wholesome love story. And that wraps up episode 34 of Strictly Anime. If you enjoyed the podcast and would like to support the show, then head over to patreon.com slash the Strictly series. And be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast streaming service so you can be notified when new episodes premiere every other Monday. Follow us on Instagram at The Strictly Series and on Twitter at Strictly Series and connect with us there or on our website, thestrictlyseries.com to share your thoughts on the anime that we review. You'll also find more info on Strictly Jojo, our other podcast dedicated to Jojo's Bizarre Adventure. Thank you so much for listening and as always, stay safe, stay healthy, stay weeb.